0: There is magic in the mundane, bliss in the banal. The day is your dharma. I'm your host, Amarilis, Ayurvedic health counselor, yogini, and Akashic Records reader, and this is your life, Altered. Welcome back everybody to the Altered Podcast. We are well into fall and we are now in this season of The Veil's thinning. And as we are getting closer to Halloween, Samhain, uh, Day of the Dead, we have all these global practices of honoring and working with the ancestors, and that's what I wanted to talk about today. This has for a long time been on my queue as a list of things to do a podcast about and um, got detoured. So this is a little bit later in coming than I had hoped, but better late than never. And we're still in that season. And I really want to create awareness and to plant seeds for you all to really consider what it means to work with the ancestors, why, why is it important? What happens? Um, the crossing over of our loved ones and just all these different things. So really, this is a podcast about understanding that lineage of ancestors and what is happening and why there's dysfunction in our current modern day, and why it's important for us as modern people to start working with, healing, the ancestral line and um, honoring our ancestors in certain types of ways. So I'm going to be going into that today. Again, there's no really specific how-tos in this episode. I want it to awaken you so that you can go out and um, find the programs or the books or the online articles that really resonate with you and spark your interest and take you deeper into the practices, the specific work and practices of ancestral healing and clearing but I definitely wanted to finish today's podcast off with a story of my own work. And that's part of why I'm so excited about this podcast and why, to be honest, I feel like this is my most important podcast ever. Um, I know the Starseeds one was really important for me to finally speak about and to get out there, but this one, I have... Since last year, I've been doing the Ancestral Healing and Clearing, and so I can speak from my own experience about how powerful this work is, and so this is my most important podcast, so I really encourage you to listen to all of this, to really soak it in, and then at the end, I'm sharing the story from my own work last year, this really amazing story of an ancestor that came through and, um, worked with me directly in my life and how that showed up. And it was just, it was just fascinating. It was amazing to, to have the dead come through the ancestor come through and, and work with me in my life and give messages. And it just, yeah, I, my wish is for all of you to have a working relationship with your well ancestors and to heal the things that haven't been um, healed and cleared from previous generations. And it's just, it's a huge topic. So this is really just kind of opening that can of worms and like I said, awakening an awareness within you. So I started this work um, last year, last fall. And to be honest, I knew that this was going to be important work. And I've had an Ayurvedic astrology reading. It's called uh, Jyotish, J-Y-O-T-I-S-H. And all signs pointed, like planetary signs pointed to my soul coming in. And part of my soul's purpose here was to do the work and help the clearing of the past generations that were not able to do this work you know, for whatever reason. So I understood that this was a big part of my life purpose. And I know a lot of us think of life purpose as something big and huge and with a huge Instagram following or getting paid and it's a career. No, not necessarily true. This was part of my soul's purpose in coming here and there's more to be done, but this was an incredible start. So I started last fall. It felt appropriate in the fall because As I mentioned before, this is when traditions across the globe, it's not just to one part of the globe. It's not just to one uh, indigenous group of people. It's everywhere. I was even surprised when I lived in South Korea for a year that they have Chuseok, which is considered like the equivalent of an American Thanksgiving, but they also have an honoring of the ancestors. And I think that was on the first day of fall. But it was just, it was... um, neat to me to hear you know even like almost 20 years ago oh yeah they do this too so all across the globe during this time through fall there is a work and an honoring and a recognition of the ancestors i would like to say before i go any further about this information that a lot of what i've learned has been through the last mask center and They're based in Portland, but uh, Christina Pratt and her team have programs that have global communities. People are doing this work all across the world, and her there's one program that I'm going to link to in the show notes, so if you are interested in going through this program, this is what I went through last fall because it's step-by-step, very directive. There's lots of um, visualizations and shamanic journeying and A lot of learning that happens, but also a lot of practices. So much of what I'm going to be speaking of today, I learned from that program and from her work through the Last Mask Center. And then other bits and pieces I've picked up along the way as I open myself up to this work, more things have come in, but I wanted to give special acknowledgement to Last Mask Center. Okay. Working with the ancestors, why is this important? Why does it matter? It is known from ancient traditions, again, across the globe, not unique to just one culture, one region. This you can find from India and yogic science and Ayurveda all the way across to the other side of the planet, in Peru, and uh, the shamans there, and everywhere, you frequently hear that we carry, as humans right now, at least seven generations within us, within us, with, um, that are carried in our blood. So seven generations of your parents, both parents, lineages, are within you right now. So that's going a ways back. We tend to think that we are isolated individuals and this isn't the case. This is a beautiful thing because we have them with us. But the problem is that uh, they were humans and they went through their human life and the challenges and the issues that they had if they don't work them out and heal them, the the issues, the, the dysfunctional pattern gets carried on to the next generation. And then if they don't um, work out their stuff, if they aren't aware of what wasn't cleared from the previous generation, they pass that on as well. Not only the generation before, but now their own because they created their own stuff and they passed it on and so on and down the line and down the line. It just keeps, it gets carried forward on and on and on until somebody, some generation, some child, some individual wakes up and says, this has to be healed and cleared. Like this has to be uh, dealt with because nobody before me has done it either because they haven't been able to, they didn't have the awareness, they didn't have the wherewithal, they didn't have the capacity. And so there's no judgment for whatever reason, it wasn't dealt with. And here we are in this new world, this new paradigm, we're shifting into a new global consciousness, now is the time. And so I'm putting that call out to many of you that now is the time to be conscious and aware and to step into this work. So if we have these seven generations within us, it's a blessing, right? Because we have their gifts and their blessings running through us in our blood, in our veins, and we have access to that. But it's also problematic because um, if we aren't aware of the dysfunctional patterns that also got carried down, the dead are living through us in these um, unconscious ways and things are happening and we're making choices and we're repeating patterns based off of the old. It's not even us. It's just the same thing getting played out. Perhaps the details are different because we're in a new life. The details are different, but it's the same patterns. On and on and on until, again, somebody awakens and can heal and clear it. So while we have the blessings of the ancestors and have access to those and can tap into those, most of us cannot access or really um, benefit from them and harness them in our own life because our life is more guided by the muck of the dysfunctional patterns that we don't even realize that are getting played out we're just stuck with the negativity and the 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 trash <laughs> that keeps getting the can that keeps getting kicked down the road. So even though we have both from the ancestors, right? The good positive beautiful blessings as well as the um the challenges that they went through as a human and then carried on. So we have both, but it tends to be that um, we we aren't tapping into the blessing. One, just because we're not even aware that that this is a thing, that that our ancestors are within us right now, all day, every day. So we're not aware and can't really harness those blessings, but also most of our day is unconscious patterning and repetition of the patterns. This is a big part of why I've recently heard and learned that because it's becoming a bigger thing about ancestral healing and working with your ancestors, which I think is wonderful. But also I see that there's a lot of, um, you know, prayer to the ancestors and it's just a flat term, ancestors. And what I learned going through this program is that, um, that not all of them are necessarily good ancestors or are um, giving us really good blessings and gifts. So it used to be in indigenous cultures that, of course, they would um, speak to and pray and say, ancestors, to the ancestors, to my ancestors, because in that time there was always a medicine woman, a medicine man, somebody within the community, the tribe, who understood that when somebody died, that that spirit had to be tended and crossed over. So there was, uh, so that no matter what, the spirit crossed over and then was part of the well ancestry. Like it, it was, it was all good, I should say, because the living were tended to in a way that modern humans are not right now. And the dying and the dead were tended to in a way that are that's not happening in today's society. Because of this, because it's not the same nowadays, and I'll kind of explain. little bit more about that in just a moment i've started when i am calling out to the ancestors or working with the ancestors i say my well ancestors i make that distinction i don't say all of them because not all of them are are really helpful some of them are actually kind of detrimental so i say my well ancestors or my good true and beautiful ancestral helping spirits so this specifically calls out to the ones who have the gifts and the blessings and are helping guide me in the highest and not necessarily the ones that are um, passing down curses or um, just have a lot of negative patterning that needs to be healed. I'm not calling them in to work with them. I, I need to work with them in a different kind of way. So just throwing it out there. If you ever do call in the ancestors or work with your ancestors, maybe you want to, to specifically say to my well ancestors, my good, true and beautiful ancestral helping spirits. Well, what is happening then in modern society or what has happened when somebody dies? What I've learned and, um, from a variety of different places that have similar understandings is that when a person dies, they cross over. And as I mentioned, it used to be that someone tended to this process to ensure that that soul crossed over to wherever it is that the spirits go when they die. Who, who knows, right? Right. Um, but there is a crossing over into a different realm, into another place, and this needed to happen for the evolution of the soul, for it to to continue forth, um, you know, to go on to somewhere else, and and um, perhaps be reincarnated back on this earth plane somewhere else. So, it, the the soul had to cross, and this was very important, and why there's always been somebody in the community who ensured that this happened. Everybody dies, right, at some point. But not all who die cross over into the realm where they're supposed to go. So you can't just assume that because someone has died that they have crossed to where they need to go. Yes, the life here on Earth and this physical incarnation, the body has died and ceased, but what about the soul? And there were always these medicine men, medicine women, who could tell and knew if the soul crossed over. Uh, Not just did the person die, but did the soul go to where it needed to go? And this is what we don't have these days. So if it doesn't, if the soul doesn't cross over, then what happens is that it gets stuck here and it's not stuck here as in, you know, we can see them, but that's what we're talking about or what people are talking about with ghosts is that it's soul's that did not fully cross over after death. And so they are still stuck here in this earthly plane. And some people call it the fourth dimension, like our our human existence and being here on earth is a three dimensional, 3D existence. And the next dimension, the fourth dimension, holds um, more of a spirit realm. And so this is where we find the ghosts. And they're they're here, so they're not, Alive anymore, and they're not in their human form, and their soul also did not cross over. So they are now stuck here. And you know, some people kind of think of it as uh what is that movie? Um hold on. Uh well, I guess the movie Ghost, <laughs> when Patrick Swayze he died, he was still um, in this realm. He could navigate and go around in this earth field. Um, but couldn't really be seen by anybody. Same thing. Oh, what is it? Oh, sixth sense. So the little boy that could see all the dead people that were here. So because we haven't had someone who understands, you know, in all these centuries, um, how to tend the dead and ensure the crossing of the soul, there are a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people who have died but never actually crossed over. And so our planet right now is filled with these stuck beings and entities that are truly stuck here because they cannot do this for themselves. They cannot cross themselves over. It's the job of the living to assist the passage of that soul. And so it is possible, even now as ghosts, that they can be crossed over, but it, it means someone has to do that. Someone has to facilitate and assist that. And more and more people are waking up to this idea of uh, psychopomping the souls so that they can finally move on and um, go to where they need to go. But currently, given our modern society and the complete lack of understanding around the dying and the dead and the soul's journey and the the wise men and women who can facilitate this there's there's just an obscene number of uh entities of humans who who died and are are stuck here in this realm and so they're they're all around you can't really see them. Some people can sense them or see them. But most of us just go through our day doing our stuff. And, you know, it's it, unlike the sixth sense. They're not uh, haunting us and doing things in the house. It, it's not like that. But their energy, that energy field is around. And, and they are among us uh, everywhere. <laughs> they are completely among us in that fourth dimensional frequency. Please don't get freaked out and scared, you know, this is the way it's been for a very long time. (laughs) You can go about your day and live your life. Um, but if this is something that's kind of piquing your interest, by all means, you may want to learn how to, um, facilitate that and help these stuck beings cross over. It's something that I do once a month now. And, uh, I feel that it's very helpful for the entire collective to clean up the field here so that it's not littered with the dead. You know, we we want this realm to be the living and that we want those souls to go where they need to go so that they can continue on, you know, for, for their own soul's evolution and then also the family from which they came. Needs for that to happen for the for there to be wellness in that family. So this is big, big work. You don't have to know the people. You don't have to understand the story. Anything like that. It's simply that um, doing this process is really about kind of opening that portal or opening the rainbow bridge. Um, There's different ways of doing that. So please look into that if that's something that you're interested in as an act of helping heal humanity, not just your own lineage, but for all of us, for everyone. Not just for humanity, but also you're thinking about for your own lineage and for your own healing. This has probably happened in your own lineage that your ancestors may still be stuck in the realm this realm and not have crossed over. So when you start to do ancestral healing and clearing and not necessarily just doing the the work of crossing souls over, um, let's just uh, step away from that right now and say uh, for those that have crossed over, um, but still those patterns persist because they were human and through the genetics and the epigenetics it has their stuff has been carried down to us so when you heal and clear the patterns and the dysfunction you're not just healing it for yourself and and so that you can live a full and vibrant and life on your own terms because you're here to be your own self you incarnated to do your thing with you know assistance from guides and ancestors but not so that the dead could live through you and still try to work out their stuff and perpetuate their stuff with through you unconsciously um, or that you're unconscious of this no that's you're not here to keep perpetuating that cycle you're here for your own life you have your mission, your dharma, and part of that, if you're here on this earth plane at this time, might be to clear the ancestors so that if you feel like you haven't been able to access that or do that or you know these things just keep happening, that might be part of your work is to help heal yourself so that you can be you with assistance from the ancestors not perpetuating the same cycles. So although it may heal you and make it so that you live your life, there is no such thing as time. I mean, time really is, we think of it in this linear form of past and present and then future, but they're really stacked on top of each other and so there is time isn't linear so as you're doing this work you're healing not just yourself present you are healing the past at the same time and you are healing the future so it's this quantum healing for everybody it's it, there's a lot of people involved there's a lot of people who are connected and interconnected and so it's big work you might do it for the sole purpose of you know healing yourself but also please recognize or if you need that extra motivation know that it's about you and everybody else all those people that came before you and all those that will come after you think about your children and your children's children the 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 lineage and the legacy that you're going to have. So it's, it's quantum. You're healing them in the future now. So it's very big work. Okay. I want to go back for a second because I just realized there's kind of a a part that I, I, I missed. So Back it up a little bit to where we were just talking about how just because somebody dies doesn't mean that they actually fully cross over. So, and I said that they get stuck. So why is it that someone would get stuck in this realm? Like, why is it that just because they died, they don't fully cross over? So there are a few reasons. Uh, I'm going to list a few and there's probably more, but um, these are the ones that, you know, you could immediately understand and say, oh, yeah. And also know that from the outside, you can never know. Just from knowing that person and then um, seeing the death, you don't know, based off of your own perception and assessment, whether or not they uh, fully crossed over. Um, So some people are like, oh, they lived a good life. You know, of course they crossed over or that was a really good person or that was a peaceful death. So of course they crossed over. That doesn't, that doesn't really come into play. All those things might be true, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they fully crossed over because you never know what is in someone's heart. You never know what is still being carried in someone's mind and heart. That is for them and their soul. So it's wholly and fully up to them as to, uh, you know, what's happening before they die and then when they die. Um, from the outside, you can't see that. You can't know that. And um, sometimes you might think, well, somebody was uh, really did a lot of bad things in their life and uh, they're probably going to hell. Well, not necessarily because if they... And when I say hell, I mean, (laughs) in this sense, like that they're not fully crossing over. Not necessarily, because they could have made amends, you know, long ago in their own heart and um, kind of reconciled that for themselves at some point in their life or as they were dying or when they died, they could have reconciled that and accepted. Yep, I did those things and made peace with it. And so they fully cross over. Uh, So again, from the outside, you can't, you can't know from your own human perception and and judgments of that person. Okay, so what are some of the reasons that uh, people get stuck in this, this limbo, kind of this purgatory is what it really is. It's a purgatory, because now they can't do anything. And somebody from the land of the living has to help. First, is yeah, from the movie Ghost, somebody dies very suddenly and unexpectedly. So think of you know um, uh, a sudden car crash. Um, something happens where they're just they very quickly died, and that it was it was so sudden and so unexpected that it kind of is a shock and the person doesn't realize that they're dead, and um, so it just, it there wasn't a process, it just, it, they don't quite realize, oh, I died. Um, second is, they were afraid of where they would go. So this kind of plays in with, you know, choices in life, uh, things that they've done, if somebody, hasn't accepted the way they lived or the, um, the choices they made and, and still is uh, feeling very bad about some of the things that they did and they have this belief in heaven and hell and they really believe that they're going to hell, um, you know, no matter what anybody else thinks about their life, if they believe and are afraid that they're going to go to hell when they die, then this can affect it and and is a reason that they could get stuck here. Next is that um, they are still holding uh, extreme judgment toward others or are um, extremely judged by others. So it's still kind of caught in this pattern of this this judgment um, and maybe there's a lot of bitterness that they're holding towards someone or something and they can't let it go, or um, other people are feeling this way about them, then this can affect the crossing of their soul. Sometimes when uh, loved ones are hanging on so tightly to this person, and so maybe the person doesn't feel that it's okay to die, because they feel like, oh no, what's gonna happen to these people? I mean, they can feel it, right? Um, so they they feel like, oh no, these these people won't be able to continue, or like things are gonna fall apart, or whatever that is. Or sometimes this this can happen with um, when a child dies, and of course, of course, a parent is really hanging on to that child and. Understandably so, but this can affect uh, the crossing of the child um, because um, because someone is hanging on so tightly. And, uh, you know, this isn't just about children who are... Um, who are dying, but this happens with adults as well. Sometimes there are those relationships where you're really hanging on to somebody. You need that person. You need them. they are your rock. They're whatever. And you don't want to let them go. And the last one that I was going to list, and and there's more. I'm not saying this is a definitive list, but um, the person has left their life unlived. They came to this planet, and there's a mission, there's a kind of a soul purpose, uh, there's things to be done, there's life to be lived, and they they didn't live their life. And sometimes this looks like, mm, I knew, like deep in their heart, they knew what they needed to do. They knew what they wanted to do, but because of outside pressures, be it religion or parents or social conditioning, they didn't, they didn't do the things they didn't do all the things. And, and they know it, you know, that you, you can tell when you're not doing the things that your soul knows, you can feel it, you know, early on, it's just a, it's a subtle a subtle whisper, but that pain grows as the years go on that you're not doing the things that the soul is really calling. Um, this can also be deep regrets about the choices one has made in life, whatever they are, you know, um, nobody from the outside could say that it was good or bad, but to that person, they feel that they could have or should have made a different decision. And there's There's a regret, a big life regret. Uh, So the way I kind of summed it up is that they have left their lives unlived. I'm sharing these not just so that you have an awareness of why souls can get stuck here, but so that you also have that awareness and understanding for yourself. Because this too comes into play with you? You know, do are you holding things in your heart? Are, are you living your truest life? Are you afraid of where you're going to go after you die? You know, these are things to, to really consider. Are you truly living? Or are you currently some... Some variation of the walking dead yourself. Are you truly alive? And and when death comes to each of us, when death comes to your door, will you be able to reconcile, reconcile your life and say, Yes, I I did the things, I lived the life? And again, it doesn't mean, you know, a, a huge life by outsiders' perceptions. It's For your own self and that's why i mentioned that at the beginning of this podcast about how one of the big things that i know that i had to do in this lifetime was to help clear my lineage and to to do this work and and i i could die (laughs) tomorrow knowing i did it i i made the time and i committed to that work um, you know, so it can be something that is unseen and unknown by anybody else. But does your soul know? Do you know that you are doing the things? So we um, we die well when we live well, and we uh, we can live well knowing that we're going to die. this is something our, our modern culture is always running away from. And if this past year and a half coming into two years has taught us anything, it's, yep. Um, death, death is around and it can happen to any of us and all of us. And, um, yeah. So I know that that's not something that's very, uh, it just, it feels very rattling. And I can even feel now as I'm saying it and speaking it into this recording, the kind of reverberation that it's going to have to you as you're listening. And it's, um, I, I can feel that rattling like, a uh, um, but I think that's a good thing. It, it propels us into action. Maybe listen to this podcast a couple of times just to... let more things sink in or come into your awareness but i wanted to finish this off by sharing the really interesting story of um an ancestor that came to me and um yeah so know that this is my story And um, it's just one example of the many beautiful things that can happen when you start tapping into ancestral healing and clearing and working with those who have come before. Okay, so um, before I start this story, I just want to give a big shout out to uh, my sister-in-law, Eowyn. She and I were having bi-weekly phone calls since I think, September of last year, 2020. So she started on this journey with me, and I just would share the things that I was thinking and feeling and believing about my mom. And um, I was just kind of touching base with her every couple of weeks about things that were happening and showing up. And by the end, my mom passed away in May, and so she was witness to all of this, unfolding for me, um, in my life and then with the ancestors. And I just want to say, Eowyn, if you are listening, I hold the deepest gratitude for you and bearing witness and being a part of this process. And I, I cannot thank you enough. So let's see. Um, yeah. So, okay. Starting the story. (laughs) I started this ancestral healing work in probably September. So around November, late November of last year, I I did like an ancestral prayer, something. And all of a sudden, I felt a spirit next to me. Not like, say, you know, you feel the presence of an angel or you hear the voice or a vision. No, it was more of a ghosty vibe. Um, I wasn't scared, right? Uh, but it was... I could feel that there's like an entity there. That's why I say it's kind of a a ghosty vibe. Like something was in the room with me um, that wasn't necessarily supposed to be. And um, my first thought was, it's Lily. It's Lily May, it's my grandmother. Lily May was my mother's mother and we never had a relationship. Um, she only passed away when I was in my mid to late twenties. I'm 43 now. So she was around throughout my childhood, teenage years, young adulthood, but uh, there was no relationship. We went over to her home every Sunday for Sunday dinner, after church, um, after, you know, she went to church. So I was around her a lot, but she was a very cold woman she never really spoke to me, never interacted with me that I can recall. There was no relationship there. So, you know, I don't know what your relationship is with your grandmother, grandparents, but for me, uh, she was my only grandparent and there was no relationship. So I thought it was really strange that all of a sudden I'm feeling like her, she's there beside me. Um, like, why? Why? We, there's nothing between us like why is she here and I'll before I go on I'll also say that when she uh she suffered from alzheimers for decades I mean since I was a, a young teenager until she passed um and it was pretty bad so she was um not really in she was in and out of this world for a very long time and then there were many many years I'd say at least five where it was kind of like, Oh, she I feel like she should be dying. I mean, she's in such poor health and she's like right there, but she 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 doesn't and then she finally went into kind of this hospice care and even then it was a long time before she actually passed so um she wasn't well and and her, her passing took a very, very long and, and a torturously long time. Okay, so I feel her next to me. And I say, I say out loud, I feel you, Lily Mae. And I'm not sure why you're here. But if you are stuck in this realm and you never crossed over, then I'm going to be opening the Rainbow Bridge in a couple of days. And... I will speak your name and and you're welcome to come and cross over at that time. And so I just let it go, went on with my day, went on with my stuff. A couple of days later, I open the rainbow bridge. I call out her name and I feel like she's there again and that she crosses over, that she um, kind of goes up the rainbow bridge. And for some people, they think of it kind of like Coco the movie, you know, that there is this bridge. And so it's found in a lot of places that it's a rainbow. So I open the rainbow bridge. She, I get the feeling that she crosses over and that she's gone, that she's, she's left this, um, earth plane and has gone to wherever it is that the souls go. I later close the bridge. I go about my day and less than a week later, like the very next time I'm visiting my mom, which I would do every two weeks. So the very next time I was there, it was within, it was less than five days. I went over to my mom's, I'm visiting there with Satya. um, And Satya's sitting with us at the table. And mom starts telling me this story. And she gets interrupted by Satya twice but she still keeps telling the story so this story comes out of her she starts telling the story out of nowhere out of the blue and even being interrupted she still continues to tell the story and comes back to it sometimes we get interrupted and we just go on to something else but she kept coming back to it and i feel like that's important because the story was going to be told so out of the blue she starts talking about her mother, and like I said, there was no relationship with me and her, and we never talk about Lily Mae. We never, ever, ever spoke of her because there was just wasn't there was no I mean, even my mom didn't seem to have any kind of relationship with her. So she never came up. but all of a sudden, you know, a few days after I crossed Lily Mae over the, the bridge, mom. Opens her mouth and starts speaking the story. So she says that one time that there was a morning when Lily May was younger, Mom wasn't even born yet. When Lily May was younger, she always used to take her mother to church. And um, they lived very close. The church was very close. We, we grew up in South Carolina and lived uh, on the Mill Hill. So, you know, all the people worked at the mill. So they all lived on these streets very close to one another. So her mother lived, I don't know, just like a couple of streets down. But her, her mother was um, old, in poor health. And so Lily Mae would take her to church and And help her. So on this morning, Lily Mae didn't feel well, and she said, well, i I don't feel well enough to go to church, and my mom doesn't have a phone, right? So I, I'm just trying to conceive of like, what? No phones, no communication. So um she said, well, i'll I just I won't go pick up my mom, and when I don't come, she'll figure it out that." We're not going to church today. So as it happened, the mother, even in her poor health, was very much a Christian woman. All of them were very much Christian, Southern Baptists. They were going to go to church on Sunday, and it was no different with um, Lily Mae's mother. She was going to go to church. So whatever she decided in her mind, whatever she thought, Who knows? She decided to walk herself a few blocks to go to church. And so she went to church. She was at the service. And then she came home. She walked herself home. And like I said, the houses are very close together. And everybody knows one another. It's all a lot of relatives. So she's walking up the path to her house. And one of her relatives, next door neighbor, is there on the porch and sees her, says hello, looks away. And Lily May's mother has instant heart failure and drops dead right there on the pathway in front of her home. My mom tells me that Lily Mae never really forgave herself for that. That if she had somehow just gone to church or if she had notified a neighbor to go let her mom know, and then somebody else could drive her mom, that her mom wouldn't have died. And I just thought, and as soon as my mom finished that story, it instantaneously came through. Lily May was so afraid to die because she was sure that she was going to hell because it was her fault that her mother died. She killed her mother. If she had just gotten up and gone to church, her mother would have lived. And it was her fault that her mother was now dead. And so she was afraid to die. And she was really afraid of going to hell, um, you know, Christian woman that she was. And she had never, ever, ever forgiven herself for that. And I asked mom about it, like, you know, did she ever talk about it later on in those years? And mom's like, no. I was like, well, you know, I guess someone wouldn't, and especially somebody who was very closed off in that way. But I have no doubt that my mom started speaking that story to me because Lily Mae was on the other side, communicating through that story to let me know that this is why she was stuck. So, I mean, maybe it would have come through like, oh, I'm stuck because she was afraid to die, but there wouldn't have been the story attached to it, the, the whole story of it that my mom was relaying. And so I, I knew, I was like, and I you know did a silent thank you to Lily May saying, I really appreciate you sharing the story with me. I, I appreciate now knowing That yes, I did feel you the other day, and that yeah, you were stuck here, and that that is why you were stuck here, because you blamed yourself, because you were afraid of where you would go. And then I thought back, oh yeah, I remember hearing about this in September when I was first doing the program, people who were afraid of where they would go. I was in such awe of how that all unfolded, and that right after I felt Lily Mae and crossed her over, and then within within a week that mom just starts telling the story that's never been told i'd never heard this like nobody in the family ever 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 talked about this and then just out of the blue mom shares this so um i was i was so floored the magnitude of what was transpiring and what was being helped and healed for my grandmother So I gave thanks and, you know, just sat in the magic of it. And time goes by, months go by. Suddenly we're at, um, nearing the end of February. And I, I call in, um, I call in an ancestral helping spirit that I need a message from today. And Lily May comes through. So she had a message for me and I received that. And then at the end of it, she said, Tell her that it's okay to let go. I suffered for a long time because I was too afraid to let go. So you need to tell her to let go. It's okay to let go. That was the end of her message, and I, I knew I had to tell my mom because this message was clear as day, spoken as if somebody was standing right across from me. I heard it. And something you can't do when you get such a clear and loud message from spirit is to ignore it or deny that that happened. So I'm thinking, oh man, now I have to go and tell my mom this. And not only do I have to tell my mom this, this message, but who it's from, because otherwise she's going to be like, what do you mean? And uh, what, you want me to die? It's going to open up this big mess. And mom doesn't even know I do this spiritual work. She doesn't even know I'm doing this ancestral healing and clearing and all this stuff. She has no idea. So now I'm going to have to tell her in order to give the backstory and support this message that has come through from Lily Mae. So up going over to mom's, told her the whole backstory, told her the whole story of Lily Mae. you know, showing up at my apartment, crossing over the bridge. Then mom ends up telling me this story. You know, I told her all the things that would really help her uh, believe that that message had come from Lily, from her mother. And so um, I I told her and um, mom said, let go of what? I said, that's, it's not for me to interpret. It's, it's the message I was given. And so I'm sharing it with you. But I think we both knew let go of her life because she'd been hanging. She's, she'd been hanging on for so long in this, um, quadriplegic state due to MS, nothing was getting better. It never had. She'd been in this state for almost 25 years. Things were getting worse with her health. Um, She was really hanging on. And so I feel that we both, without saying it, knew that that's what the message meant. We didn't get into a conversation about it or anything. And, um, you know, I, nothing was said about it again. this all happened at the end of February and throughout March I could tell that there was something different. Um, not much though, but I could tell something was different. And then in April, there was a noticeable difference in her health. I mean, it severely declined and, um, you could really feel that something was happening and that, um, that she was not in a good place and maybe never would be again. So um, mid-April, you know, as I'm watching the past couple of weeks, mom's health severely deteriorate. I'm doing this Reiki training, and um, we're in this meditation, and I hear, as I'm in this meditation, all of a sudden I hear voices saying, we're coming for her, we're coming for her. And then Lily May comes through again, and she said, we're going to be coming for her soon it's going to be peaceful and it's going to be within 3 weeks and then that was it and you know i'm i'm in this meditation but i immediately come out of it and i'm just crying i'm like what's happening and i'm also in complete disbelief because i'm thinking there's no way that i just like that i got a timeline an actual timeline from spirit i i mean you don't you don't get those um but part of another part of me is saying, "Nope, I I know that that's what I heard." And um, it, lo and behold, yes. Uh, about two weeks later, Mom passed on the night of Beltane, and it was very peaceful, um, and in her sleep. And I'll be honest, that that last day—I mean, even though her health was getting so bad—that last day was so beautiful and so fun and I spoke about it on a different podcast I'm not going to go through it again here but it was a day lived well and lots of laughter and lots of joy and I know that my mom knew that she was going I don't know after I gave her that message what all was going through her head and her heart but she'd worked something out Um, she was working it out for herself and and she knew that she was gonna pass. Uh, she did not tell us, and I think that was a gift and a blessing so that she could have a beautiful, happy day and then go to sleep and, and just go. You know, she never talked with us about it, so I have no idea what kind of exchange she was having with her father and her mother, you know, both of whom obviously have passed. You know, I don't, I don't know what all was going on in her, in her life before her death but I have no doubt that her ancestors were with her and facilitating this process so that it was easeful and peaceful and that all the work that had, done, had been done beforehand with the ancestral healing was paving the way for mom as well to have a peaceful death um, that wasn't drawn out like her mother's was. So it's not that I did it. I mean, I did do it because I started doing this work, but what it opened up was so far and beyond, you know, what I as a human being am able to do, what I have the capacity to do, but I was still playing an important role because as the living, as the human being that I am alive in this time, I'm the one that had to open this up and start this process of healing and clearing. And I mean, how amazing, how beautiful. My my grandmother, Lily May, is, is now in a helping spirit of mine, whereas before she was stuck here. And now my mom is uh, this amazing helping spirit of mine where when I had been talking with my sister-in-law, a when in August, September of last year, I was, I was saying things to her like, Oh my goodness. Like me and mom have such a bad relationship. And I just like, I think about like one day she's going to be gone and she's going to be a spirit. And what is that going to be like? Like, cause our relationship is so crappy. We, we're able to work all of that out in the life that we had and through the ancestors i mean it's just a whole different uh, where i was when she finally did pass in may versus where i was in september of last year is night and day because after she crossed i was like yes i am so glad i cannot wait to have mom as this as this well ancestor And maybe, yeah, maybe there's things I still need to heal and clear, and that's uh, what I'm about to start working on is another round of ancestral healing and clearing as we're getting into this fall uh, season. But that my life is better because of this work. And my relationship with my mom transformed because of this work. And that I have a helping spirit like my grandmother now coming through and giving me messages and that maybe mom had a better passing because of this. And, and I'm sure there's even more that I can't even, that I don't even know. And I do have other stories. It's just, this is the one that I really wanted to tell. And I, I do have permission from uh, Lily May to share the story. I've been telling lots of people this story because I thought it was so fascinating and so magical and so wonderful how it started as her being a ghost and then the story, like my mom telling me the story and then her, you know, telling me, you know, she's, she's dying, um, and it's going to be peaceful and just, I've been telling everybody and it's with her permission. And part of it was that she was like, yes, tell this story because it might inspire others to do this work, to heal their family. and. You know, I, I know that this story that I'm telling in particular is one where my mom ended up dying. And, you know, I don't want this to elicit any fear like, oh, no, you know, people around me are going to start dying. It, my mom needed to pass. And I mean, her, her, it, it was time. But she passed in a beautiful way. And she crossed over. She didn't stay stuck in this realm. She actually crossed over. So please don't hold any fear about working with the ancestors because only wonderful things can come of it in your life and in future generations' lives, your children's lives, on and on and on. And then healing the people who are already gone from the stuff that they still carry, that they still carry, that they never could take care of or deal with in their own lifetime, that you have the power as a human alive now to help them with that, to do that for them, because they aren't able to do that for themselves. Their opportunity, their chance has passed. And you as the living have that ability, that capacity, the opportunity, and In this day and age, I will say it, the responsibility to do that. Please let me know how this lands for you. I think that ancestral healing is the next step for human beings on this planet so that we can move forward as a collective and just in our own life and really step into our fullest, truest power of who we are who we were meant to be on this planet and then to also you know as if that isn't wonderful and amazing enough but also receive their gifts and their blessings and it's a win win across time past present future it's a win win so until next time beautiful souls and starseeds and light workers, light warriors, however you identify yourself. May this sit and activate within your body, within your cells, and may it tap into something within you that says, the time is now. The time is now, and this work is needed, and I'm the one to do this. Remember that spirit guides but never decides. How will you choose this hour, this day, this week at the altar of your life? Thank you so much for listening. If you feel called, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, and share it. Also, connect with me and discover more on Instagram at Amaryllis underscore Fernandez. Until next time.